Hey everyone, welcome back to Hilltop Views. I am so happy you decided to join me today. It's going to be a really good podcast. I love talking about this topic. We're talking about dating today. Um, the dating scene through the Bible and where it all starts. And I believe that it starts with our love walk. So we're going to talk about healthy, how healthy relationship with God then flows healthy relationship with others. Um, And it's going to be sort of a series with this whole dating topic, but I want to start here because everything flows out of our love walk. So sit back, pull out your Bible, pull out a coffee or whatever uh, you are doing driving, you know, right before you go to sleep. And let's talk about this. It's going to be a great podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, Hilltop Views. I am back with another podcast about little follow-up about my previous one that I had. I'm not even going to discuss anymore about the length of time between my podcast because we know that it's it takes a while. But I want to jump right in. So I'm talking about the dating world. Um, my goal in this is literally just to open up my personal dating life. And um, as I navigate the dating world through the lens of the gospel, I hope to bring you closer to the Lord in that Um, or even give you clarity about dating where I felt like I was lacking. So anyways, we're talking about dating. We're talking about relationships. We know that relationships are seen throughout the Bible. We don't exactly have a formula for dating laid out in the Bible, but we do have uh, different scriptures that talk about love, that talk about relationships. So we know that God created one man and one woman to be in relationship here on earth together and glorify his goodness. So what else does the Bible say about relationships? In this episode, I'm just going to list a lot of scripture and see where I go from there. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 talks about love. Um, And specifically in verse 4, it talks about what love is. It says that love is patient. Love is kind. Let me actually go there right now. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, starting in verse 4. It says that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, and I'm going to read through seven. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, and it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So right there, we have literally a layout of what our relationships are to be like, how we're supposed to act. We're supposed to be patient and kind, not envious or boastful. It, we don't dishonor the other person that we're in relationship with. We're not seeking our own self above the other person. We're putting their greater good before ours. We always, it all, love always trusts. It always hopes, always perseveres. I know one of the greatest um, pieces of advice that I received um when reading first Corinthians 13 is literally to take love out of it and put your name in place of love. So instead of reading love is patient, you would say Kristen or fill in your name. Kristen is patient. Kristen is kind. She does not boast. Da, 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 da. And that's how you can tell, you know, whether you're doing your relationships right or whether you're not operating in love. Um, we know that that is the basis of relationships is love because that is who God is. Um, another scripture that I'm going to go to is 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 
First Corinthians 15 33 talks about the company that you keep. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good characters or another version says ruins good morals. So we see here that if we're in relationship with friends, significant other uh, or, you know, whatever, if they are bad company or they are surrounded by bad company, then your morals will be ruined. So it's the whole bad apple in a in a basket of good apples what happens to those apples the bad apple doesn't then turn ripe no the rest of the apples are rotten so in in our relationships in our dating what we need to look at you know in the beginning stages is what company is that person that i am surrounding myself keep keeping you know who who is this person hanging out with who is this person you know <laughs> say that he is or or what do his friends say about him or her so i i love that scripture and that's somewhere you can always reference you know if their company is bad then you already know that your morals will be ruined you know you are the company that you keep so staying in first corinthians though first corinthians 7 1 through 40 talks about the principles of marriage it talks about who should get married um, keeping your marriage vows, living as you are called, and what to do if you are unmarried. So I'm going to go to the part where it talks about what to do for the unmarried, and that's in verse 25. Um, and it instructs us to live holy for God. And, and so what does that mean? So 1 Corinthians seven twenty-five, starting in verse 25, it says, Now, about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, saying that you can, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you from this. So we almost see kind of a warning here. Like, it's better that you remain single than to be married because it comes with its own challenges and troubles. So 29 says, What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of this world as if it is as if not engrossed in them, for the world in its present form is passing away. So he's saying here, you know, and I know in some translation it says that if you burn with passion, don't burn with passion, but instead be married. You know, if you cannot contain yourself, be married. But here in 25 through 29 or 30, Paul's literally saying, but realize what you're getting into to, to here with being married. You know, your race and the pace of your race is different when you're single than opposed to when you're married. Um, you have to live and be with and for someone else. Whereas when you're single, you're living, it's just you and God and you can do anything, go anywhere at any time. And so I think that's what he's getting at here. Um, so let's move on to another scripture, Genesis 2.18. And of course, you know, this is literally just scriptures that you can look up about relationships and dating. And then I'll get into kind of the topic. But Genesis 2.18 says, it is not good for a man to be alone. 2 Corinthians 6.14 talks about how we are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
Psalm 37, 3 through 4 talks about trusting in the Lord and doing good. Let's actually go there because um, I don't know exactly what that one says off the top of my head. I don't think there's a Oh, I'm in Proverbs. Psalm 37, 3 through 4. It says, trust in the Lord do and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Pasture. <laughs> Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 talks about how two are better than one. So those are just a few scriptures that I studied and found my personal time about relationships and love and what company that we should keep. So from that, what we know from about relationships is that relationships are good and of God. Number two is that our love walk with God is vital to the health in our relationships. The third thing is that we are to flee from what is immoral and cling to what is good. The fourth thing, I'm sorry, the fifth thing, sex within marriage is great. Marriage is companionship. Do not do life alone. So what are some of the questions that I had when I was single? I still am technically single. So these are questions that I probably would still have. How should Christians date now? How should Christians now date? So I think following the guidelines of scripture, our number one thing is flee from what is immoral and cling to what is good. Make sure that the company that you keep is of of uh, a high standard and according to scripture. Um, we didn't go into what morally is correct scripturally, but as a believer, you should know your morals. You should already have a foundation on which you're standing upon. And if you don't, then you need to submit yourself to a house. And before you even decide to date, you need to figure out what morals you have and what standard you're to keep. So I would say to answer the question of how should Christians date with a standard of excellence, with a standard according to scripture, they should date in relationship with God. They should date and, and walk out the fruits of the spirit. And they should, of course, date to marry. And they should date in the Lord. The Bible talks about how a woman should marry within the Lord. So as a young believer, you can't just go pick someone to fix and, you know, hope for the best. No, you should be walking with the Lord. And, and as Psalm 37 talks about, as you trust in the Lord and as you do good and have good morals, then the desires of your heart will come to pass. And what I believe about that scripture personally is that as you walk with the Lord and as you are seeking the kingdom of God actively, then your desires and God's desires end up being the same. So, as you trust in the Lord, as you're guided by the Holy Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit of God and you call yourself a son or daughter of God, then what you desire is going to be kingdom over, you know, whatever the culture says or whatever your flesh desires. So I think to answer the very first question about how Christians should date now, it should be, again, to flee from what is immoral and cling to what is good. Cling to the word, cling to God, renew your mind every day. And it's not, and another thing that I will add on to dating is that you are not a finished work and neither is the person that you will marry. So you can't go into the dating scene expecting for your significant other to be quote unquote there, to have this, you know, completion about them because we are totally incomplete and relationships are not meant to complete you. They're meant to be 
companionship. They're meant to be camaraderie. When you are in relationship with someone, you're doing life with that person, meaning that you go through things with them and you're you're there to encourage them. You're there to sharpen iron on the inside of them. So a misconception that I know that I had before um, in relationships was that the person that I was with needed to have it all together. And what I mean by that is that they had to have a full vision of what God called them to do. They had to be completely and totally perfect, you know, and they had to say the right thing at the right time. Everybody had to agree with them in my life and everybody had to think highly of them and they had to just be this you know, great person on paper, you know, and I really took a step back and I asked myself, are you all those things? You know, are you a perfect and complete work in Christ? And when I say that, I don't mean like, you know, you're obviously not getting someone who's unequally yoked with you a sinner, but you've got to kind of take a look at yourself in the mirror and really, truly evaluate who you are, you know, because anybody could put on a front, anybody can look like what you you know, what they want to look like, but that might not be exactly who they are. You know, there's a lot of people who can, you know, preach great messages and do great sermons and look good on paper, but how is their love walk? Are they walking in the fruits of the spirit every day? Are they actively in, in, in every moment fleeing from what is immoral and clinging to what is good? The answer is no, nobody is walking a perfect walk with Christ. We strive for perfection but sometimes we don't always hit that mark, you know, and, and that's where you have grace for yourself. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and help us and teach us. And that's why we do life with people. You know, the Bible wouldn't talk about iron sharpening iron if that iron was always sharp. You know, sometimes we get a little dull. So what I'm saying by all this is that in choosing someone to date, don't be surprised if that person isn't always, always sharp. There's dull areas. There's areas. Everybody has stuff that they're dealing with and overcoming. And don't let anybody lie to you and tell you that there is some guy or some girl out there that is totally perfect in every way and is going to just be like this type of, you know, (laughs) uh, like in the fairy tales for girls, like this prince riding on a stallion. It's not like that. You know, in some ways it is because, you know, you love them and care about them over time, but there's always something that people are dealing with. And what I found and am finding in relationship is that love is a choice. Love is a decision. It's not a feeling. It's not a, um, it's really just not a feeling. And, And that's what I always thought is that you had to feel a certain way all the time to be in love. Love is a conscious choice every day. Walking in love, walking in the fruits of the spirit is a conscious choice. And I found, honestly, you know, where my singleness was a lot easier in my than my me being in a relationship. I found that in the relationship that I'm in, it reveals a lot about me than it does about the other person 10 times out of 10. I'm like, am I walking in love? You know, I found that like, okay, for me being in the ministry, and doing things for God, you know, the people that I minister to only see what I've done for God, but the person that I'm in relationship sees me on a day-to-day basis. And that's where the real walk is tested because it's like, I know this person and I'm the one 
who is with them. I'm the iron that's sharpening them and keeping them walking in the fruits of the spirit. So all that to say, um, don't do life alone, but understand that when you get into a relationship with someone, that they're not going to be a knight in shining, shining armor. It's not going to be a damsel in distress situation. Like people, people are spiritual beings, but we have souls and there is still a soulish realm within people. And that's what I'm saying when you have to deal with that. You know, what I mean is it's not what it's cracked up to be in the fairy tales. So understand that when you're getting into it, understand that it's a conscious choice every time, every time it's a conscious choice to love, but it's worth it. I believe it's worth it in the end. So we'll come back on the next podcast and answer the next question about boundaries. What do I do if I cross the line? What do I do? How do I set up the lines and boundaries? Um, Because I have personally crossed lines and boundaries before and I've been at a place where I've had to break up for that and I've now been on a nice the nice end of the stick where we keep our boundaries so we'll talk about that more in the next podcast but thank you so much for listening Um, I hope it blessed you and I will talk to you guys soon